0: This is a GRDC podcast.
1: Many grain growers across the southern grain growing region contend with hostile calcareous soils. But a new research initiative is set to improve the grain industry's understanding of these soils and how they constrain crop yield and profitability. Hello, I'm Tony Crowley. Behind the initiative is the Grains Research and Development Corporation in conjunction with the Cooperative Research Centre for High Performance Soils, and as well as the Soils CRC, CSIRO, New South Wales DPI, and Primary Industries and Regions South Australia are involved in the new research work. $6.75 million is to be invested over three years to build on previous research knowledge into these soils that are high in calcium carbonate and cover 60% of the southern region's cropping country. Dr Nigel Wilhelm is a senior scientist with Pursa and one of the initiative's research leaders. I caught up with Nigel at a calcareous soils trial site at Poochera on South Australia's Eyre Peninsula.
0: The calcareous soils have been known as a a problem soil for generations I suppose there's very extensive crop production on them in South Australia but it continues to be an area which struggles and their water use efficiencies are quite low compared to other zones across southern Australia.
1: There has been research into calcareous soils in the past but what makes this different?
0: I guess the difference is that um, we've got a major team together and it's a concerted effort to identify and understand the constraints in these calcareous soils and more importantly I guess is develop strategies to overcome them. So there, yes there has been research in the past, it's tended to be sporadic and a bit piecemeal, this is a multidisciplinary team attacking this and focused on this particular soil type.
1: Where are these soil types found?
0: On the Eyre
1: Peninsula, they're very
0: extensive, especially on the in the low rainfall areas, the Upper Eyre Peninsula, so they dominate the landscape over here, and they have the most extreme calcareous soils that occur in southern Australia, so we're talking about profiles with up to 80% limestone. That's extreme by any standards, and that's why we're here. But there are calcareous soils right through the cropping zone of southeastern Australia, particularly in the Mallee zones, but there are pockets of calcareous soils in the medium and high rainfall zones as well.
1: So give us a breakdown of what these soils consist of. What's their nature?
0: Okay, they're typically sandy. Uh, They vary in depth. Sometimes there's there's not a lot of distance to rock, but uh, their feature is the dominance of limestone as a material in the soil profile. As I said, on the Upper Air Peninsula, that can be quite extreme with up to 80% of the soil material is actually limestone. More typically in calcareous soils across southeastern Australia, that may be as low as 5%. But the presence of that limestone uh, dominates the characteristics of the soil and determines things like chemical availability of essential nutrients.
1: Let's talk a little bit more about that and how are the uh, soils affecting nutrient movement and uptake and the plant itself?
0: Okay, so what farmers have identified on the Upper EP that, you know, cause them problems in terms of trying to produce good crop production on these soils are uh, fertiliser toxicity. So we're, we're having problems with emergence and establishment of crops with rates of fertiliser which are quite low by sort of national or international standards. So that's one feature that seems to be a consequence of these calcareous soils. Um, they have trouble with dry sowing so their water holding characteristics are quite different to other sandy soils and that seems to be playing a role in in dry seeding where it's far more problematic and less reliable than we're seeing in other districts. And I guess the third feature is the availability of essential nutrients. The high pH which the limestone causes and the limestone itself both react together to convert phosphorus which is a, supplied as a plant-available form in our fertilisers, quickly converts it to a insoluble and hence unavailable form to plant, plants and pastures.
1: What about nitrogen?
0: Nitrogen is an exception to that rule, so it's quite available in these profiles. And surprisingly, we see quite high levels of nitrogen in these profiles. And we, we think that's because these other co- constraints that are restricting crop production are limiting the, the ability of the crop to extract
1: nitrogen from the profiles. So how is crop production actually affected?
0: Okay, the typical yields on this Upper Air Peninsula environment are about you know, 40 to 50% of, of water-limited potential. That's our best benchmark, and that's quite low by current standards.
1: So why are we seeing that yield gap? There's a multitude of
0: reasons and that's part of the reason the project exists to untangle those and create strategies to overcome them. But the sort of issues that farmers have identified are unreliability of dry sowing because these calcareous soils have quite unusual water holding characteristics that might be playing a role in why dry seeding is causing problems. We have issues with fertilizer toxicity in the seed row at quite low rates of fertilizer again that seems to be a property of these very high calcareous soils we see infertility problems phosphorus is fixed very strongly in these soils it's very difficult to get phosphorus into the crop and once we get past those topsoil issues there are subsoil constraints as well so there's issues such as boron toxicity salinity and a thing called bicarbonate toxicity. So it's the limestone itself is causing toxicity problems. How all those interact to impact on crop production is a very tangled web. That's the reason we've got this multidisciplinary team to attack it. Do you also bring disease into this? So there is chemical infertility, but diseases are also a feature of this landscape. This is the home of Rhizoctonia, a soil-borne fungus which attacks a wide range of crops and pasture species and causes a lot of widespread damage across the Upper Air Peninsula and seems to be a, a characteristic of these caricarious soils. We have the other gamut of, of diseases, crown rot, take all, those sort of things, but Rhizoctonia stands out as a real problem child.
1: Well, it's early days for the project, but tell us how it's going to run. What are you doing with the trial?
0: Yeah, look, with, there's two components to, the, to this uh, research activity. One is field-based. So we want to ground truth any of the strategies we produce from the project and also obviously identify which issues are having the biggest impact on that crop production. That'll be backed up and supported by quite an extensive pot-based program and the reason for that is so that we can untangle this web of diseases and chemical infertility and toxicities, understand how they're impacting on crop growth and develop strategies where those impacts will be minimised.
1: What is the actual physical setup then within the trial to take a look at these various aspects?
0: Okay, so the demonstration trial we have here at Poochra is to showcase some of those issues. Uh, so we have a range of treatments which are looking at fertiliser toxicity in the seed row, Our current techniques we have for keeping a, a lid on rhizoctonia damage, and then there's a, a suite of treatments looking at the impact of deep ripping. It's a very popular technique now on other sandy soils. Historically it's had a very poor performance on calcareous soils. In a demonstration it's working spectacularly well, so that's unexpected, a surprise. Maybe the difference is that we used inclusion plates in our deep ripping operation here, which typically hasn't happened historically. We've also taken the opportunity to add value to that deep ripping operation by adding some ameliorants to see how they impact on crop production. One of the techniques here is to add an animal-based manure. That's worked spectacularly well in other environments when it's incorporated in the profile. It's had no impact here at all. So that's interesting that it a, a tried and tested technique isn't working on this calcareous soil in a in the upper area of
1: peninsular environment. There are a number of partners involved in this project. Will all the partners be involved in all aspects, or? Is it divided between the partners?
0: The partners bring different strengths to the the research activity. So we have a team based here at Minipa with Saadi, which will deliver a lot of the field work. So most of the field work will be concentrated on the Upper Air Peninsula where these environment, where these constraints are most extreme. We have a team in New South Wales, DPI, very innovative and specialized soil science team that are delivering innovative solutions to constraints to soil so they'll be doing a lot of the pot work and then an agronomy team at at CSIRO who have expertise in soil water characteristics, soil biology and disease control and they'll be doing both, they'll work on both the field work and also some controlled environment work in Adelaide.
1: So do you see the outcomes from this work having application across other soil types as well? Yes, we certainly do.
0: Uh, We're working on the Upper Air Peninsula because that's where the soils are most extreme and the constraints are most obvious. But we'll also have some work on calcareous soils which have much lower limestone levels and are far more typical of the Mallee Districts through SA and Victoria. And we want to see whether the extremes we're looking at here continue through to those, let's call them milder, stony soils through the Mallee environments but yes we're confident a lot of those principles will hold as well.
1: And ultimately um, this work will allow a bit of a closing of the yield gap but how much of an improvement would you hope might be possible?
0: Yes the yield gap currently is quite strong we talked about 40 percent 50 percent yield gap at the moment from water limited potential we'd hope to halve
1: that gap as a result of this project. Nigel thanks for talking to us today. Thank you, Tony. Dr. Nigel Wilhelm from SARDI, a division of Primary Industries and Regions, South Australia. For more information, such as links to Calcareous Soils fact sheets, go to this podcast's homepage online at the GRDC. Attached to the podcast, you'll find resource details. I'm Tony Crowley, and thanks for listening.